0: Welcome to the Gate 7 International Podcast, your official English source for all things Olympiakos FC and Greek football. You are listening to episode 37. This is a very, very long-awaited episode. I'm so excited to get started. Hashtag Rant Day is here. We are incredibly excited to get into this. We've got Lambros Sirmos. We've got Adi Bulubasis. My name is Peter Thompson. And then we've got our special guest, Michael Vicini of L.S. Football, of Larissa fandom, of Rants. You can hear him on the LS Football podcast, basically in the Lambro role. And today we have both of them together. Michael, thanks so much for taking the time to join us all the way from Australia. How's it going? Doing fantastic. Can't wait to get into it. <laughs> awesome. We we are also doing fantastic. So yeah. it's going to be a fun one for sure, guys. And uh, before we do get into the Rants, a couple quick hitters to address We do have a few more special guests coming up. Firstly, on Thursday, December 24th, we will release our episode featuring Apostolos Karadonis. He is another LS football contributor, and he is uh, an expert on Greek youth talent. So we'll ask him about some names to get to know in terms of, you know, the academies of Greek teams and even abroad. And we'll ask him about the direction of the U19, U23, all those youth national teams and see what we're looking for for the future. On Monday, December 28th, we will have our Boozing with the Boys episode coming out featuring our good friend, George Haranamropoulos. This episode will be an opportunity for the audience to engage with us, so we'll post the Zoom link on our Twitter, at Gate7INTL, same as our Instagram, Facebook, and Reddit, and we will allow you to come in one by one, ask questions, say hi, whatever you like. We'll be having a little fun. This one might be a little bit more explicit than our traditional episodes, so keep that in mind as well. We have a new special guest for the episode coming out on Monday, January 4th, the first episode of the new year. We will be joined by Yanni Karisiotis. That's Adi's coach, for those who don't know. Uh, It wouldn't be a Gate 7 International podcast episode if Adi did not bring up his playing career, as he has many great stories of his coach making him run thousands of miles after making a mistake, and how if Lazar Andrzejewicz did those things with coach Yanni in the dugout, then it would just not be allowed. So we're very excited to hear him on the podcast. He's also worked with Carly Lloyd, uh, who is a star for the U.S. Women's National Team, as well as a bunch of other successful American soccer players. Uh, he's coached state championship sides in uh, the Americas, and he's also a former academy scout for Olympiacos and also played for Atromitos. So he's got a lot of expertise. I'm excited to hear some no-nonsense coaching stories. Maybe he's got some fun stories of a young Adi that Adi is too embarrassed to tell us out there on the pitch. We'll, uh, we'll see. I'm looking forward to that one. On February 17th, we will be joined by the Bay podcast, an English podcast about Bay, to discuss pre-match for our matchup with the Dutch team. That will be coming out all the way in February, uh, right around when the Europa League round of 32 begins. So keep an eye out for more news on that. Adi and I have recorded the Stats podcast. We just finished recording it. That will be out probably early this week, maybe uh, tomorrow even. So keep an eye out for that as well. We will have it as our pinned tweet on Twitter uh, for the folks who are interested. We also want to say thank you again to our sponsor, Piraeus International Incorporated. Piraeus International has been importing and exporting cargo for companies and individuals for over 40 years. They can assist you in importing olive oil, marble, or any other goodies from Greece. They can also assist in exporting, whether you have one box or a full household of items that need to be sent over. Check them out at PiraeusINTL.com or give them a call at 410-675-4696. Also, I'm excited to announce that we have a new five-star review on Apple Podcasts that I'm going to read out. We would like to say a big thank you to Athan P., leaving this review, and if you would like to leave a review, please do so, and we will read it out just like we're about to now. So Athan said, this is how I was able to get into Greek soccer when there are no English sources. These guys are great and care about what they do, but they seem to just love talking about Pauk, especially this guy Alambro. I think they might be Pauk fans.
1: Honestly, (laughs) I'm sick and tired of the the reviews if they're going to be like that, you know? Honestly...
0: we love those made, reviews. We love those have, reviews, people.
1: Come on. <laughs> just no more, no more Pauk underneath our podcast. It cannot be happening.
0: Well, Lambro, it seems like it's up to you to stop talking about them, mate.
1: You brought <laughs> I this I don't
0: even I don't still. even talk about Pauk. I don't even, I don't <laughs> don't even know. Lam, Lambro, we're talking about we talk about like an Olympiakos Yanina game. You're like, by the way, did you see Pauk? Lost what a trash team, <laughs> <laughs> bottom feeder club in Greece, bottlers in every t- competition. It
1: context, it's context. <laughs> it, it can't, it's just you have to read between the lines, like I do. You,
0: oh, you, like, you think, like two games into the season, Navra, like it's getting lonely at the top. Pauk started this year, it
1: gets cold at the top, you know, dropping points with that promitos and oh, Volos, Pauk, you know. So, uh,
2: drop points today, but not gonna get into that. Anymore. I mean, we probably are. Lombro, our audience trolls us now because of you. Just remember that.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, don't, speaking know speaking why. of trolling, Lambrou, we actually have to give him some credit here because he has actually spoken a transfer potentially into existence. Um, <laughs> Mitroglou is is rumored to be signing. Uh, some teams in the Middle East were after him, looking at a, a deal worth about five and a half million euros, but. The sources are saying he may be on his way back to Greece. Not sure this is the best signing, not necessarily, but uh, for the content, for the laughs, for Lambro, I mean, this is an all-timer, you have to think. He's been talking about this since September.
1: Honestly, huge transfer, biggest transfer in years. I'm also getting word from sources Toro Cidis will be joining him. Out Stop. Of <laughs> no, I can't do
2: this anymore. No Paulo
1: Makato with his mustache. Maniatis is coming out of coaching. Olympiakos is back. No, but seriously, Peter, this is great news. A player who's in great form. He's been playing a lot recently, banging in goals. In he's his been dreams. with the U twenty
0: threes for Marseille. Did I did I miss yeah, that? Yeah,
1: he's been banging in goals for the U twenty threes. He's ready. He's He's it's fit. Like the Danny I, Drinkwater of France. I'm getting worse. <laughs> yeah. ready to go, he, Danny Drinkwater of France. What is this calamity? <laughs> no, this is, this is some, some man who knows how to score goals. He's going to do it for us coming in. Very exciting transfer. Anyway, Everyone knows my opinion.
0: I didn't think I'd be making a Danny Drinkwater reference on the pod, but staying in England, uh, we have brought in a player from an English academy, an Arsenal academy, as a matter of fact. For those who don't know, Lambronati are actually Arsenal supporters. Uh, the player's name is Dario Cese de Luca. Uh, I don't know if he's actually English or maybe some sort of dual nationality situation. That name sounds Portuguese almost to me, but I mean, I could be talking crap as well. But interesting to see that happening. Uh, and maybe it's an encouraging sign that Olympiacos will look to bring in more players this winter. Uh, they seem to be interested in a variety of left backs. And according to a report from Sport FM today, there are four that have made the shortlist. Uh, the first two that you will be familiar with if you've been listening to our podcast, Mateus Rice, the Brazilian left back from Rio Ave, who we've done a deep dive on all the way back. I think it's maybe episode 15, one of our earlier ones. And then uh, Frederick Bjorkan, the Norwegian left back for Bodo Glimt, uh, is another player that has come up in the headlines more recently. Those are two players that are rumored in the shortlist with uh, Bjorkan maybe looking as the favorite. And then two other new names, Isiaga Silla, a 26-year-old left back. He's currently playing with Len in Liga, and he's on loan from Toulouse who got relegated last season. He's Guinean. He knows Marikamara, I'm assuming. They've played together on the international stage, but he is a bit older than the rest of our prospects. And then the last one is a player that if you've watched UEFA Nations League, you'll actually have seen him play. Uh, And excuse me if I get his name wrong, but it's Oleg Rebchuk. Uh, he's a Moldovan player. He plays for Ferreira in Portugal, so he's from a big nation. Moldova, a top-tier defensive team, according to John Van Schip. It's very hard to score on them. And as a left back, it's it's probably largely in part to this player. So maybe he's going to be a big product to come in and just make our defense that much better after playing with the Moldovan national team.
2: So I haven't watched Oleg play yet. I haven't gone through the film on him. Uh, Scylla, I I hope we steer clear. There is nothing special about this guy. I, I think that he's probably the emergency and the, you know, oh, shit, we couldn't find anybody, and then, you know, we pulled the trigger on just something. There's nothing really special about him, or at least if there is, I can't see it. Uh, Mateus Rice is probably the number one. Bjorkan is is also pretty solid, similar vein as Rice. Looks pretty decent going forward as well. But Scylla is just – I. I it's just not good, and he plays in a back three as it is. So it's hard really to gauge how well he would do alone, having to really take a lot more responsibility on the defensive end on that left side. I don't like. I don't like it. I don't like him being on the shortlist, and I hope to. I hope we don't get him today after the game. Martin's announced that Ruben Vinagre had packed
1: his bags and he's gone, and so oh. he's he's signed with. Um, What's Braga. it called? What's Braga? Braga. Braga for the rest of the season. Honestly, one of our favorite players ever. Good luck to him. Showed so much effort. We just, every time he stepped on the pitch, he gave everything.
0: Before we started recording, Lambro and I, uh, Ruben Vinagre deleted all of his Instagram posts, like his recent posts of him playing for Olympiacos. The only one that he has up is in October when he was like excited to join this club with like him holding up the Jersey. And there's a few comments, some in Greek, some in English at the bottom. And it's like, you suck, Bartó, Go off to <laughs> Portugal. You don't deserve to wear the red and white. Podence would have never done this. Like, we were having <laughs> there a There were so many laugh.
1: references to Podence. It was so funny. It was like, why don't you call up Podence and ask him what Olimpia Course is? Like, the father's nice tourist? question mark? Like, broken English. I loved it so much. Like, it was his 13 mom was year happy. olds going crazy. I love it.
2: His mom was happy when we welcomed him to the club. She yeah, sent she... us, a, she liked a lot of our stuff, sent us a nice message. Hopefully well, she hasn't after, seen any of the
0: recent... <laughs> yeah, her, she hasn't heard me on horrified. the podcast, for sure.
1: She's retracting those likes. But I also heard there for her left-back, random name, there was the guy from Liverpool. You guys literally talked about Yusef him. Yusef you Yusef yeah. Larucci. Yeah. Yeah, he was uh, on the front page of FOS, the big Olympiakos, like, newspaper. I assume he's probably in the running. Who knows?
3: We'll see. He's still, He's still on the list, I've heard. I'm not sure if that's a good option for you guys. You need someone that's, you know, someone like Timikas, similar as him, Yeah, in my opinion. Someone who's played first-team football. Exactly, um, at the least. Adi, you
0: have
2: a bit more news for us about Ligue 1. So it doesn't deal with us directly, but it presents an opportunity, not just for us, but for all Greek clubs. Uh, as many of you know, the French League has just had a huge fallout. They officially cut their deal with Media Pro. Uh, it just collapsed after Media Pro refused slash also can't pay the agreed payments for this four year over 3 billion euro deal they made with the French league. And this has just caused a huge ripple economic strife within the French league. They pay about 800 million euros per year for media rights, something that all of the teams were relying on, especially in COVID. And as we all know, the teams in general across Europe are having issues with finances. Media Pro really hurt them because now the French League has had to take two separate loans out so that they can continue to pay the teams. They can't keep doing this. They can't afford to do it, and they're going to have to. Cano Palouse is jumping in to make a deal, but there's going to be a huge haircut on the deal, and this is forcing a lot of teams to now prepare for sell-offs. They can't afford the debt that they have. A lot of them have huge debts. If you've been following Lille, Lille had massive, massive financial problems, 200 million euros of outstanding debt. And as a result of the MediaPro deal collapsing, they were forced to sell the club. The previous chairman, at the behest of the creditors, JP Morgan and Elliott Management, forced him to sell the club to a Luxembourg venture cap fund. They still, even after the sale, have nine figures of debt. It's really bad. Other teams in France are facing similar things. There's going to be massive sell-offs when the winter window officially opens, and additionally in the summer. So this could present some really good opportunities, not just for us, but for a lot of teams in Greece.
0: Let's go in for Kamavinga. We can do it. Olympiacos, we're a big club. <laughs> Marinakis will pay up. <laughs> anyway, oh my God, he won't. No. He won't. He, we, All right, we, we, we've. Had- off camera. We're not getting into that now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just quickly talk because uh, we haven't recorded since the Olympiaco side game. And I want to make this really quick. So I'm just going to say, and Michael, I don't even know if you watched the game, but I'm just going to go really quick and just give my man of the match and coach's grade. Not going to really get too much into it. You know, it's not the focus of today. Man of the match, Versailles, scored the goal, played pretty well. Coach's grade, Martins, going to say F. Um, the changes that he made, given where we were at in the game, pretty horrific. You know, we needed a goal, and uh, he decides, oh, let's take off our only goal scorer today and bring on Lazar Andrzejewicz, who hasn't had a meaningful contribution to a goal or done anything since anyone can remember. Maybe he had an assist recently, but he hasn't done anything all season. Dude's awful. And, uh, you know, Martins thought that was the guy you bring on needing a goal. So that was pretty awful. Started Bujavakis and Mvila in the midfield together, which, I mean, I just am not a fan of either. Um, so for me, Martins did a very poor job managing this game. It looked like we didn't want to win. And it's disappointing to draw with an Ike team that has been letting in goals all year, only scored one goal. Adi, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I think the the player, the only player that really looked very positive uh, from start to finish was probably Versailles. Uh, when Fortunis and Madi came on, they both got into a rhythm. Um, I don't understand why they didn't start. I mean, this was a derby game, not a game against let you against uh la you know you want to say it (laughs) sorry michael (laughs) i'm all good i'm all good (laughs) i meant la mia or like volos you know starting tiago silva at the 10 i didn't get that i mean he's had a couple of decent performances but he laid an egg only completed five passes in an entire half of play that's egregious um uh, it, it was just bad i'm going to give coach i want to give martinez because the su- his substitutions minus the radayevich one had impact so his starting grade for me would have been low but then i think the subs were were pretty right on uh, i'll give him probably a c for that not a total f and my man of the match uh, that's tough I, i'm tempted to give it to Vusai, but i also at the same time do want to give it to? Um, I'm thinking about Madi as well, but I think I'll stick with Versailles.
1: Okay, my man of the match is the groundskeeper at Owaka. Just doing a great job. It's always in top condition. That pitch, just absolute calamity. What were we watching? The Olympic Stadium. I went for a walk there the other night. Place looks terrible. Anyway, man of the match. I, I don't know. God, I was so mad after the game. I kind of forgot about it. Yeah, I'll say Versailles since he scored. Um, but actually, no, I'll say Buhalakis for that assist, and he played pretty well. Oh, that's true. If yeah. I remember correctly, and then, yeah, again, Martin's just—I don't know. Again, with the pitch, always complaining about the pitch. Um, I think Kuyas made a joke actually in his post-game statement about Martin's always talking about the pitches in Greece, which they all suck. But like, except for ours and a few others. But yeah, no, I wasn't happy. I'd say D as well. I'd. If we had recorded right after, I could go into detail and get upset about it. But, yeah, I don't really remember that much. We've gone through a few days now, so,
0: yeah. Got to have a short memory with these games. Let's move on to Larissa, a win. 5-1 victory. El Arabi with a brace. Masuras comes on, gets a goal and two assists. Bruma, a goal and an assist. All fun. Sudani scores a goal. Michael, let's go to you first. Not as much fun for Larissa, but also kind of you expected to not get any points from this game. Pinaka scores a goal. What are your thoughts on the game as a
3: whole? As expected, I expected a huge loss. You know, it's, it's going to be like that Ike game, what was it, a couple weeks ago that we lost 4-1. The whole team was just uninspiring. But this, this was just a bit different. Nine Greeks played in it today in this game, which I was actually extremely proud of. We should be playing more of these youngsters because Larissa has a tradition of bringing up young talent, you know, since this since the nineteen seventies, and since since now with this Gurias ownership, that tradition has been lost, and uh, we saw the likes of Khaladzis getting a run. I think that was his debut in the Super Super League. Fight, I recall. Yep. Who else played? I think Godzamini. Godzamini is back. Yes, we, we we got him from um, from you guys, Olympiakos. He's on a four year deal. That was his debut as well. Yep. We also strangely started. Our second choice keeper, who we got from Leverdiakos. course, yeah, and he he didn't he didn't win me over. If you've seen this first goal and second goal, those were what are those errors? You should be commanding your goal. I can go into that all day. You <laughs> look like he, he, I don't think he stretched his arms. Stretch your arms, mate. Stretch your arms. You're a yeah. goalkeeper.
0: <laughs> well, God. It is nice to see a few debuts, uh, and a couple players also, um, Maidanos, who has been used very sparingly for Darisa this year, getting his first start, I think, and that's at least nice. I always say if you're, if you're going to be bad, you'd rather be bad with academy kids than with old guys that you brought in for money. So I suppose yeah. at least that's nice. But, yeah, very, very odd decision to just bench the goalkeeper. I guess maybe they just assumed that, they thought they wouldn't get a result and might as well just uh, give people some rest right before the two-week break. But this Five puts players
3: out. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, there's Five coronavirus as well. Yeah.
3: Oh no, not coronavirus. They were all suspended. Oh <laughs> <laughs> what a calamity! Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> That's what all these jokes just started, mate. Oh my days. <laughs> Tim Spar was out. Well, um, Milosavljevic was out. Spar, got sent off. Your... I think. I think so, yeah. He was yeah, sent off or he got four yellow cards yeah, something out of like the whole that. season so yeah. far. And your favorite player, guys, Dermeshai. You can <laughs> have him back if you want. <laughs> I don't <laughs>
0: want him back. He'll he'll be <laughs> in top. he'll be in Super League two in no time, I think. Well, Michael, we gotta bring up the elephant in the room here. I'm looking at the standings right now. We're halfway through the season, roughly. You know, a couple teams have to make games up, but more or less everybody's played, pretty much everyone. Larisa are, are second to last, so they're in the relegation playoff right now. They're four points ahead of Lamia, who have played two less games. You can just have a we've little solo therapy session. <laughs> Let us know. We've
3: got we've got Lamia on Wednesday. I'm not confident with that as well. They're going to beat us. <laughs> They've got nine players out with coronavirus, and you watch them. They're going to come out, you know, like the Real Madrid or something. They're just going to thrash us. <laughs> That's what's going to turn out to be. <laughs> It's oh, not great. Kurias says we're going to make Europe. Don't worry. We hide this coach. <laughs> that says we're going to make Europe. Yeah, we're on our way.
1: Kurias is such a clown. I I just can't with the statements. And just like, he was going to sue all of the reps in Greece too. Did you see that one? He got banned from the I've stadium for like a month. It's like, he was like, we're taking them all to court. And he literally filed a lawsuit against like all of the refs. Every single one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wait michael like... michael can we also talk about uh i'm sure you saw this like a couple of weeks ago uh, a few Olympiacos players were partying at some girl's like hotel or apartment or something it was ruben semedo lazar and bruno and this chick's lawyer was alexis cuvias and she and he was like <laughs> out there like she was innocent
3: nothing happened <laughs> like she didn't do anything wrong did you hear about this i've heard about it he's also the lawyer of um Notis this you know he got a drug bust or something. Yeah, 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 He, and, he was driving Yeah, down he's, also, he's also his lawyer too. So <laughs> that, that's his job. I don't get involved with that. You can do whatever you want, but in the football world, forget it. If he touches your club, goodbye. Goodbye, goodbye <laughs> to your football club.
1: My favorite is like you just throw on the TV and he's like always randomly there for like a drug dealer, a murder, like a girl throwing a party. It's like Alexis <laughs> yeah. It's like the same thing. He's like, She's innocent. These <laughs> blasphemous charges out of nowhere. <laughs> Typical Greek justice system, corrupt. And it's like, what the hell? Like, isn't this guy the football owner? And also, like, I don't know. Like, being a high-profile criminal attorney is enough to like own a football team and run a football team. Like, you make that much money in Greece? Like, wow, like impressive stuff. It's just
0: Lamdra thinking about a change of career here. I see. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a
1: lawyer. <laughs> I think I'm gonna gonna, go in like
0: Lambro's dream is to like buy Apollon smearness and just like make ridiculous statements <laughs> like I still don't forgive Ruben Vinagre from <laughs> 2019.
1: Just like Ruben Vinagre is not a Polona quality, never will be. <laughs> He's like, like 36 remember. years old retired at that point like, <laughs> still taking shots at him. But one one comment I want to make about Larissa, is just one player, super random. Bagelis Platellas, just been around the world. Like, I think he literally even played in Kazakhstan or something. And now he's back As in the Greece. John. Yeah, like, God, what a name. I remember, was he playing for Ike when they were in the second division? I yep. remember, like, yep. that guy's been around. And I always thought he was going to be good because he was short and, like, could dribble. You always think those guys are going to be good in Greece, you know, the next Messi. Mm-hmm. But anyway, just weird seeing him out there again.
3: I'm actually happy he's um, in the team. He's, he's done okay for us. It's just, I don't think this formation we're playing the 3-5-2 suits him. You need him in a, just a 4-2-3-1, basic 4-2-3-1 and, and 4-4-2. That's all you need him to play him in. This 3-5-2, he's trying, at least he's putting in the effort. Plays behind the striker, but he's, it's not working for him. That's, that's just my opinion. And with Binakas as well, it was a highlight of that um, partnership between them two. Against Bazianina, that's our, that was our only win this season. I didn't even expect that to happen where we got all the three points away from home. That was our third win in 2020. And what I liked about Platelas and Pinakas, when them two are up front, you see more, more mobility up front. Pinakas is making positional runs. Platelas is feeding him the ball. And I liked that. And I don't think I've got to see that since that game. Pinakas, again, impressed me today. I love
2: his off-the-ball movement. And he's a player that I would like to have for Lybiakos. I know there were some rumors linking, but his movement off the ball, he also has a nice touch too, keeps the ball nice and close. And at such a young age to have some of those technical gifts, that's really, really key to have. I hope he continues to play well. I hope he continues to progress. He's definitely going to be a player I continue to watch, not just
3: as the season goes forward, but in the coming years. He reminds me of Funtas. That's who I've compared him with just based yeah. on his um style of play and have you noticed his goals this season four of them are headers with one penalty it's crazy it is absolutely crazy you know i i found
2: that out about 10 minutes before we started recording and i <laughs> i couldn't believe it because the when i watch him play he's actually good with the ball at his feet i expect i expect to see more more goals with with his feet you know maybe a cut and shot because he gets some opportunities like that. And then when I saw that he had all of his goals from headers completely threw me for one, you don't really expect him. I mean, I don't know what his, what his height and weight measurements are, but when I look at him on the field, I don't expect a player. He's short though. Right. He's on, he looks like that to me, but compared to like some of our defenders, like Ruben and, you know, Cissé and Ba, everybody looks a little bit short, but he doesn't seem like the most physical guy, but he can get in there and get into a tussle with defenders. And that's very valuable, even for a holdup player, to have that physical standing.
3: With Benacas, though, striker's not his position. He's actually a attacking midfielder. That's how he um yeah. that's how he first um first signed his contract. And then just recently, he's now just starting to play striker. And he, he can play anywhere. He's that's why I've compared him to Funtas. He can play anywhere yeah. up. Up and all in the offensive positions. Can play wing, behind the striker, or even your number nine. That's what I like about Binakas. Dermishai can't do that. No. You know, he can't do that at all. And every time Dermishai plays, our attack just is just hopeless. We can't even get on the attack. We can't even get our own half. <laughs> That's just the um, the effect of Dermashai. And in this game, we started um, Hamza Yunus. Who I think is actually okay. He's not spectacular. He's not great. I think he's doing okay. You, when you sign for a mid table club, you sign a strike of his caliber, Tunisian international. You look at his stats previously, it's actually okay. What I don't like about him is his age. He's I think he's like 35, but he, he did okay against Olympiakos. Um, I think he set up the goal with the header. It found Binakas and he just put it past the post. I think Saar got a touch to it and the net broke. I think yeah, he I, saw, I saw Saab <laughs> it together at the
0: end after the goal. One Olympiacos player who we saw really for the first time in a while was Bruma, the winger. Uh, I'm interested to hear what you guys thought about him. I thought he played pretty well, but I just wish his touch was a little bit cleaner. You know, he's so quick, and I think he has the right ideas a lot of the time. He had that nice goal, which... I mean, it was it was just a funny one because Masuras just cleared it basically and then he just ran after it. One of the uh, Larissa defenders, I forget, was it um, Maidanos sort of slipped and fell over and then Bruma was just off to the races and uh, had a nice finish. He had a, a nice assist. He actually there was he had one cross that a Larissa defender almost put in for an own goal, but it hit the post. So I thought he was pretty good. I, I think when the analytics come out, the uh, offensive dual win rate might not be super high, but – he was, he was, you know, going at defenders a lot, and I think he's just, he might one day be able to be a little bit cleaner and, you know, be successful with those moves, but obviously he'll be a PSV player again by the time that's happening. So I don't really know what to think. It's certainly a player that we can bring in against Greek sides and rotate a little bit, but I don't think he's going to be a, a top, top player who can do it in Europe for us right now.
2: Look, you have to remember what his price tag is for us. If we want to keep him, it's $6.5 I don't think we're going to pay that, pay that for him because no. he's, not, he's not a technical genius. Let's just be honest. He does have an awkward touch, especially that first touch can be a little heavy. Uh, when you see players like that that have remarkable physical characteristics like that, they tend to be a little lacking on the technicals because they get by on their physical attributes. He did end up uh, with a goal, and assist. He had two key passes. So, I mean, he's a he did well, three crosses, and he is the only winger we have that has had over 70 passes. In fact, there's we haven't had any winger this season besides Matthew Valbuena when they played as much as he's played, have had nearly as many touches on the ball. For me, he did an incredible job, uh, multiple crosses. Uh, Peter, you're correct in terms of his offensive duels, five for 14. So he's dispossessed quite easily when you are able to lock him down. he just the technical ability is somewhat lacking, but he has pace. He had six progressive runs today, and every single one looked dangerous. Of course, the counter where uh we were deep in we were deep in our third off of the off of the set piece and the the side defender kind of slipped, and bruma just took off went to the races and then got his goal that's where his value is and We saw that Lazar had similar value in similar situations. Now Lazar, I believe, has a little bit more technical ability than Bruma. But the thing is, Bruma moves around. Scout couldn't tell if he was a right wing, a left wing, a left attacking mid, because he roamed. And that's what you want to see. He was moving. And in terms of interplay, I was actually impressed when he was getting into interplay with like Fortunis and with El Arabi. He can do it. And that's all you care about. So... Is he, you know, we compared him in terms of output to like Joel Campbell. He doesn't have the finesse or the technical ability Joel Campbell is. But in terms of the pace and his link up, it's there. Well, and it's interesting you sort of compared him
0: to Lazar. And I mean, I don't want to insult anyone by comparing them to Lazar. But at the beginning of the season, we were saying about Lazar, oh, he's kind of inconsistent. Sometimes he does it. He's maybe the type of guy that you bring in for 15 minutes and run at defenders and see what he can do. I don't really trust Lazar to do that anymore because he literally just does run at defenders, which just, like, turns the ball over. It doesn't really do that much positive for us. But Bruma, I think he seems to have a bit more of an idea of what you're supposed to do with the ball, when to actually attempt to get by someone, you know, when to pass it off. And he's a lot more successful at passing it off than Lazar is. I was worried that Lambro, who's, you know, been – in Greece for too long was gonna be calling him the Portuguese Lazar after today's game. But I think Vambo's been a little bit more positive than that. But yeah, maybe in Europe, we can throw him in there for 15 minutes. We're playing his parent club in February. So that should be interesting.
1: Just look at his track record. He's played for big teams and he's played at the highest level, Champions League games with Galatasaray and he's done it at a big level. He's taken heavy, big price tags. Like he's a player who has it, he has to have it. You know, Lazar Angelovic. let's be real. He needs to go get the Versailles, the Lazaro, Labru, whatever treatment in Hollands that all Greek players do and learn how to play football. But Bruma has that knowledge somewhere. It's just like, is he going to produce it? The duels is a problem sometimes. Like, I was sitting there watching, and it was just like, he's not going to get by these people. Like, like, I don't know, the dribble wasn't there. Like, his close control and his dribble to get by someone, Like, I was thinking just, like, he was one-on-one with Olari, defender, and I was like, okay, just take this guy, and he couldn't do it, and it was just kind of, I was disappointed, you know, I thought maybe he would be better at that, and he wasn't, so that was disappointing for me.
0: Yeah, his touch isn't where it needs to be. I think he's even, he's 23, so he's not, you know, what you would classify as a, you know, wonder kid or anything, but I think he's got a lot of potential, obviously, though doesn't matter because we're not going to pay 6 million euros for him, so maybe he'll be good one day for PSV. Anyway, uh, let's quickly go over our man of the match and coach's grade for Martins again, and, and uh, I'll start. I think there were a lot of good performances today. Part of me wants to say Masuras, but he only played, you know, 35 minutes. So instead, I'm going to give the slight nod to El Arabi, who obviously had two goals. Not that they were outstanding goals, but it's good to see him at least scoring in Greece. And hopefully this run of Greek games without any European play might sort of clear his head a little bit. Really, he was sort of, you know, mentally in his own head against these European sides and just not putting the ball in the back of the net. But I thought he was nice there. And then he also had, of course, the missed header that led to Sudani's goal. So he's getting in the right place, at least. And that is enough for man of the match for me, although I think pretty much everyone played well. Coach's grade. I'll say A-. minus. Not too much to say here. I think there was a good degree of rotation. Got to see Andruzzos again. He played a good game for a bit of a half there. We saw Kuypers at the end. So all that stuff for me, uh, A- minus for Martins. Michael, what do you think? I guess you can give a Larissa man of the match if you want, and then
3: give Larissa's manager a grade. Uh, of course, Benakas man of the match. That's... No question about it. Pinakas, he it was just it was doing all the work today and he got the captain's role today as well. So, uh, to fill in for Mila Saljevic and Tim Spav, they're, they're the first two captains. So, Pinakas fills in. I saw his post match comments and he he shows potential to be a future leader, not only for a, club, a future club that he plays for and for Larissa, but maybe for the national team if he does get that chance, if he does reach that level. So, I'm happy for him that he's that he got the captain's role today. And for the coach, Yanis Tatsis, th- this is this is actually his first time coaching in the Super League. So uh, to come up against Olympiakos and you and you turn up with nine Greeks in the lineup and only two foreigners, and the whole bench pretty much Greek. Uh, I don't know, I'd, I'm going to give him a C. There was nothing re- he can do. At least the team put in the effort. I wasn't upset at all. Maybe, maybe the goalkeeper, he showed exactly why he belongs down below the Super League, he doesn't belong in the top level. Forget about Bayec, whatever his name is. Uh, the Hungarian goalkeeper, Nagy, seems like a good replacement for Christensen. Start him for the rest of the season. Forget Bayec. Adi? For coaching grade, I mean,
2: you score five goals, you win 5-1. You can't really not give Martins an A. He rotated some of the young guys, which was what we want to see. Going into the second half of the season, we hope we see it more. As far as man of the match goes... Uh, that one's that one's really tough for me. Uh, on one hand, I you know I I think about giving it to Bruma, um, but Fortunus when he was on the pitch was involved in all but the first goal. Uh, he was involved with all of them. He had one assist, one second assist uh, that the ball that led to the direct assist from Bruma. He had three other key passes. Uh, he was one of our one of only three attempted smart passes the whole game. I know it's weird to think that we didn't have a lot of smart passes, but when you don't rely on through balls because you're stretching the width of the field, that's what happens. Fortunas had eight crosses. He was stretching the width of the field for us. He did so much. He was involved in so many things. So for me, it's it's tough for me to, to think between Bruma and Fortunas, who were both so heavily involved in the offense. Um, with a you know, Of course, the runner-up for me is going to go to El Arabi and then Sudani. Uh, Just to check myself before we did the podcast, I went over almost every shot, every opportunity we had in front of goal all season. Sudani charged the goal for rebounds and went to the goal after shots more today than we've had anybody do all season. And I don't know if you guys remember, last season, those were a lot of the scrappy goals we got. Sudani, even Hassan at times, rushing the keeper after a shot's been made, after a cross, just seeing if he's going to make a mistake, being there if there's a rebound. We've been missing that all season. And hopefully now that Sudani might be coming back into the fold, maybe joining the first team for more appearances, we need that. So... In the end, I'm going to give my man of the match to Fortunis just because he was everywhere and involved in everything. In the end, he only came up with an assist and a second assist, but he was way more involved than that says. And without him, half of those opportunities don't present themselves.
1: Okay, so man of the match, I disagree with you guys. I'm going to go with Avram once he came on. <laughs> okay, that was a bad joke, but... <laughs> I love seeing him, (laughs) okay, I gotta, I gotta compose myself, why did we even waste a sub on that man, like, anyway, always good to see him (laughs) play. You know, Jan and Via played fantastic today, I'm gonna be honest with you guys, I really want to give him man of the match, because some of his passing was so great, he was getting further forward, he was linking up, El Arabi got a, did he get the assist on the first goal as well, so he had an assist and two goals?
2: It actually did not register as an assist for him because okay. he headed it, and I think it hit somebody. It might have hit somebody first, so it was like Got a it. deflection. Okay, uh, it wasn't intentional. Yeah. It, yeah, so he's not registered with an assist uh, because I okay, guess...
1: Okay, so I thought as it was, it was like Rafinha it in, and then did he head it back? Across? I'd have to rewatch it. anyway. It was
2: headed, and then it went across to... Uh, yeah, Sudan. so
1: anyway, I would probably just Arabi, I guess, for scoring the goals, but yeah, it, like... Goals not considered like MVA. I really enjoyed his performance today. And I, yeah, screw it. I'm just going to say MVA, man of the match for me. And then Martin's again, I think 4 4 2, like he enjoys 4 4 2. I think that's the formation of the future for this team. I really like Sudani, two striker formation. I love Kuiper's two striker formation, playing with either Hassan or Al Arabi. And then if a sun's out, Mitroglue comes in, and then you have Sudani and Kuypers, I'm all for that. Like I really appreciate that four four two, and I want to see it continue.
0: Just slide Mitroglue and think we wouldn't notice. I see what you did there, Lambro. Pinakas over Mitroglue this winter. That's that's the statement that I'm ready to make. Sorry, Michael. It's just the way it is. But how dare that's- you? How- <laughs> what
1: what is this? Mitroglue king of what is he king of? I gotta look back. anyway. He king he, of protein bars. Oh he, this man <laughs> is a legend of this football club. He is a welcome. I'm going to the airport. If he comes January 1st, I will be at the airport. I taxi 30 euros. I'm I'm down. I'm, is it, I'm going. Is it four kilometers away from, from your house or your apartment? Oh god. Dang it, Peter. Yeah, it's a it's more than it's more than the six kilometers I'll have to check with. Kiriakos Mitsotakis Prime Minister to see if I can go out. He might video. be able to make an we'll exception for you. This is like
0: a big deal. You literally All predicted this happening. But yeah, it's a big Anyway, deal for me, so. let's let's get into the real rants. You know, we've we've covered the games, got the games out of the way. We're we're gonna get some rants going. We're gonna have some fun. We do have some fan questions, but it's also, you know, sort of mid season time. Well, for everyone except Larissa and Namiya, uh, they have a game coming up in the midweek. But for Olympiacos, break is officially underway. So let's, let's go over some things. Lazar Ranjelovic, the Serbian Seba, has played almost 900 minutes for this club the half of the season, including lots of time in Champions League. He's got about the same production as Mario Vrusai in double the minutes. So Vrusai, in less than half of the minutes that Ranjelovic has played, has produced as much in terms of key passes, smart passes, goals, assists, creative opportunities in general lambro how, how does this make you feel my friend what what do you think should happen to lazar this winter what do you think the club should do with him
1: it's really how we're doing this you're just like dropping the most inflammatory topics and like go yes God, wow yes, yes. yeah but we gotta, we we
2: gotta we get you okay, rolling fine. too we have a nice okay. inflammatory one for michael too after this gets started okay 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 yeah.
1: um no like lazar we we know how i think about him like He's the Serbian Seba. It's known, you know, what he hasn't done anything all season. He hasn't done anything since the game against Ike in the cup final. But even then, it's just like, he's almost like Usain Bolt. He's like a track star. He can run all day. He can run at you. But is he ever going to do anything? No, that's why I think he should go to Holland. But the thing is, I I fear he's, he's like loved around the club for some reason. I I don't know why, but I think he's going to stick around, and I, I don't know. Honestly, I would take Andrutsos on the on the wing over Rangelovic. And I think the final straw for me with Rangelovic was the party, too. I hate him, but, like, also the party where he went. Kuyas, Yasas, how are you? Anyway, but just, like, what a stupid thing to do when literally it was, like, two weeks after the country went into the second lockdown. Like, everyone's suffering. Business is closed. And Lazar Rangelovic and partying it up with some random 26 year old woman in her hotel room like you idiot and then you get coronavirus literally a week later i wonder how you got it like i i I don't know like you know those islands off of athens like i would have just like put a boat like rode a boat and just dropped him off on the island (laughs) rode back like one of those abandoned (laughs) islands like no but seriously i'm just i don't know what do you guys want to do with lazar Angelovich? i feel like i always talk about him what do you
2: want to do with him it's not about me. It's not about me and Peter. It is it's about, about you. you.
1: Speak up. Speak <laughs> okay. up. This is also your rant <laughs> <laughs> All right. Loan him out.
2: <laughs> loan him out.
1: There's my I'm rant. I'm just going to go on to you monologues about, about monologue about freaking well now that you said loan him out uh, let's get back to... No. 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 Y- you guys need to speak about Lazar and It's This is not how this is going to work. This isn't a one-way street. What, what are you talking about? Well is it's a, a two-way street because we have stuff for Michael as well. It goes round and it goes round and round. And, and you can go off in different directions. So it's time for Adi to talk about Lazar Angelovich.
2: Oh, my job isn't to talk about anybody. Labro, you're about the same age as Lazar Radeovich. Actually, no, he's a little younger than you are. So think about it. You're in your prime, single no. guy, pro athlete. Yeah. You no, know, it's COVID lockdown. You haven't seen a woman in months. He's probably training all the time. You know, the, maybe the, maybe the, the desires there, and Semedo gave him an opportunity, like, hey, look, we can hang out with all these chicks. Bruno's coming, too. <laughs> Bruno is a clown. <laughs> Bruno's coming. Someone's <laughs> like, Bruno's if anything, coming, It's to like, him, like, Bruno's Mike, coming, too. Michael, like, oh, never mind, man, I'll stay home. Michael, Michael, I want you to give me your honest opinion. You're Lazar. Yeah, you're Lazar Rajevic, okay? I was just gonna and say something.
3: You. I was just gonna say about Lambros, you sound bold reference. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying Bolt, okay, because he trialed here for a football club here in Australia. Oh, yeah. failed. <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> yeah, just and- like Lazar Vandilovic <laughs> failed at football. Like, the track field is open for this man. Like, I heard the Olympic trials are going on. He got an extension, right? It was the lady here. He's got hope. Serbia's competing. Godspeed, Lazar. Godspeed. But, <laughs> but yeah, where were we at? He's going to the party. The moment, the moment party comes up, it's like, okay, party. We can talk party. And then he's like, it's me, Ruben Samedo, noted criminal who, like, literally almost went to jail for life for trying to kill someone, and Bruno are going to the party. And I'm just like, it's not the guest list I'm trying to be hanging with. Like, like if if Fortunis is rolling through the party, Matthew is at the party, I'm all in. But the moment I see, like, Bruno is your VIP, like, I'm Sorry, hey, I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> I'm going anywhere Matthew Valbuena's going a hundred percent.
1: Yeah, Matt with his like French accent, he's got the 100%. French wrap on, you know, like
2: he was hanging yeah. out with like Didier
0: Drogba over the summer in like mykonos Yes,
1: this man knows how to throw apart, and he's always on yachts with like people. I don't know. Matthew Valbuena just like if like Matthew Valbuena was doing a coronavirus party. It would be on a boat so the police couldn't catch him. Like, I know for sure that man is genius, yeah. Anyway, this is this rant thing is off to a decent start, isn't it, with
2: the party well, planning? Michael, you're up next. So Ladisa appears to be headed for relegation at the halfway point. We already briefly mentioned it earlier. When it comes to statistics, overall team metrics, Larissa is almost the worst in the league in almost everything. When it comes to anything breaking down defenses, positional attack efficiency, counter efficiency? They just seem to be bad at everything. And the the weird thing about it is they're worse at those things than, than La Mia. And La Mia is actually in last place. So on paper, La Mia should actually be ahead of Ladisa. How does that make you feel? And besides Kuyas, well, I'll let you blame Kuyas anyway. Is there anybody <laughs> else to blame besides
3: Kuyas? It's curious. It's, these are his players. He brings in these tourists. I call them tourists. They, all they care about, they, they just come to your club and they say, oh, I'm proud of the history of this club. I'm going to give them 100%. What are they doing on the pitch? All they care about in, in their head is Mykonos and Sandorini. It's not just my club. It's every other club in the top level. I'll give you one. Okay. Dermashai, does he care about my club? He comes from Olympiakos. Paid k Olympiacos Panionios just to save their debt, whatever they whatever they did. I don't know. And then you see him going on a failed loan move to Belgium, came back after, you know, now he's on this transfer case that's gone, I think, deferred at Artis. I don't think he did well there either. And now you see him at AL doing nothing. <laughs> we had um Gabriel Torje, who's just got released. Ali Ghazal, Egyptian International, got released. Adnan Cicerovich got released. Mateo Muzek, set to be released. Your player, Yanis gosti who I actually want him to play. I want him to play. And Gordias has actually singled him out to terminate his two-year loan. What for? What absolutely for? We need a midfielder. We, we're playing Spiros Glinos, who I don't think is spectacular, but he's he's still young. He's still a young player, but he's not... Got much experience in the top level, but you need a guy like Yanis Kosti who has got that ex- some experience. He's a Cypriot international. He's pretty much a regular in the national team. Play him for God's sake! Play him, and I'm hearing he can play also centre back. If first comes to works, play him as centre back. The previous coach, Yanis that's his I'll, I'll give him some benefit of a doubt. I, I don't. I don't hate the guy, but he's not for the top level. He's just doing whatever he can. He's he's just inherited this team from Michalis Gregorio, who should have been sacked during the time when this was, the COVID-19 was declared a pandemic. He should have been sacked then. I was not confident with him at all. Continued with this 3-5-2 system that, that just started to die out. He, he was not rotating the side very much. He was responsible mostly for that embarrassing uh do I have to say it do I have to say it that embarrassing Greek cup tie with Kalamata we <laughs> lost we lost 3-0 in the first leg and we won the second leg 1-0 we got knocked out by Kalamata that that's game wow. that game Pinacas made his debut Pinakas made his debut that's the first we saw Pinakas. and I'm like okay if he's going to say if he's if the Grigorio right He's going to you know, bring up Ben Akas. He's going to bring up more youngsters. And he did that. That's that's the one thing I liked about Gregorio. But he never changed anything. He never changed anything. For me, I do blame Gurias for putting too much faith on Gregorio. But I also blame him as well. Some of these players that he got in. Like, for example, Babazoglou. You're kidding me? You, you're kidding me? The worst striker to play for the ethnic geek. Hands down, Papa's You remember what was it? 2015, he got called up. I do, I remember. My God, my God, he's he's not good. And now you see, Axanthi. He's now waiting to start the season there. Good on him. Do whatever you want, aksanti in- 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 Do whatever. I-, I don't want you near my club. Don't even. <laughs> I don't think he. I don't think he belongs in the top level anymore. He's he is absolutely crap. He is crap. Honestly, I I
1: have a list. I have a list of signings. Bruno, Lazar Angelovic are both available. (laughs) As director of football, I'm heading over to Larissa and dropping them off. Also, Klaus, ex-Pauk player. (laughs) I think he's kicking around in the second division. Klaus, Apollon, Larissa. That's where he is. He's so he's in the second division, Larisa. He wouldn't need to well, move. the first division Larissa could also use him. And also Moras, who used to play, who's now like forty years old. I think he has like a cafe in Larissa. Yeah,
3: he's, he's got a, yeah, he's got a cafe. And he's actually also a player for Apollo Larissa. Gee, what mate Apolo Larissa is gonna be better than the real Larissa? <laughs> what, <laughs> what is going on? You know who else you know who else is there? Glicos. World oh Cup God. goalkeeper. He's there.
1: It's a huge team. We need to get an investigation. Peter Thompson investigated, sent him out to Apollo. <laughs> Are they also playing in the real Vladislav Stadium? You guys play in like the rundown no. one outside okay. town and like.
3: Their, their, their stadium is close to the city. So it's it's not quite big. It's about what? 3,000 seats. It's, it's in a little suburb and it's close to where I'm from in that suburb. So it's just like right next to it, like close to the train station. And this season, if they're going to play at ILFC Arena, you, you figure it out. You you put the puzzle together. Guria says he doesn't have the money to afford the rent for ILFC Arena, and we move back to Alcazar after, what, <laughs> six years? We've been up and down with stadiums. This is all with the last decade. Ever since 2010, we moved to ILFC Arena. That season, we got relegated. And that team was not bad. When you look at that team, it was not bad. That, was, that had a potential for top five, at least. That had a team of Dabizas, Venetidis. Venetidis actually stayed for one more season and retired in the second division. After that, we had financial problems, went down to the third division. When we went to the third division, we, we went back to Alcazar because we could not afford the rent for the new stadium, which should I say, it's next to a prison, bad location. So we were in the third division. We started using Alcazar. Once we got promoted, Curias comes and takes over. 2015. That was the start of the Curias era. And it's not been so good. You know, after five years at ALC arena, you know, with all these conflicts with the previous owner, Costas Biladakis, who is still an idiot. He's still an idiot, but at least he cared for my club. In 2004, he came and took over. We were back. We were also in the second division. Yorgos Donis was the coach. Once we got promoted, we started to bring in some, you know, quality players such as Alon Neftis, Alexandru Cypriots. There were quality players that you would bring in. Ansué, I think he came from Portugal. Another, you know, cult hero for for us. He got us the. He scored the winner for us against Panathinaikos in the Greek Cup final 2007. That's our last trophy. And we also got into Europe. Who remembers that game against Blackburn in the UEFA Cup? That long-range strike from Bakayoko will never erase from my, from my mind. Also, Clayton's goal. We also remember him, Clayton. Also went to Panathinaikos after, who was our biggest transfer. I think of €2 million, euros, if I recall. After that, it's just it was our downfall ever since Uzunidis was sacked, who took over bonus after four seasons at the club. We've been up and down. We've been a basket case, you know, with all these, you know, owners. But Biladakis is also at fault for bringing us into this financial situation in the first place. Like, came in 2013, didn't do so well. He gave it up to Kourias. Kourias comes in. I wouldn't say we're in financial debt. No way. No way. I I would not say that. He's got money. He just doesn't want to spend it. That that is the damn truth. And this conflict with Biladakis regarding the stadium, it is all curious. He just doesn't want to reach in his pocket and pay that rent for the stadium. And then next thing you know, Apollo and Larissa, they strike a deal to use the stadium while we are just going backwards. Next thing you know, Apollo and Larissa is going to get promoted. We're going to go back to the second division. It's crazy when you think about it. Apolo and Larissa have never been anywhere near second division, first division for the past four you know, before the 2010, I've never been anywhere near that level. So it's good to see a fellow Larissa club doing so well. It's nice to see. I'm glad. I'm so glad you just got
2: fired up for that. We're going to need that energy for this next question. Um, we're also going to try. We have a lot. We have quite a few of them. So we're going to try and get these moving. So this is for both you and Lambro. So I'll give each of you a chance to say your piece on it. As you know, the Greek national team, the draw. We know who the opponents are for the upcoming qualifying round. And Stafelidis and Bacasetas were both chosen to make statements on behalf of the national team about the qualifying draw. Stafelidis and Bacasetas both have captained recently for this team, and we can expect that they're probably going to be sticking around. So we'll start with Stafelidis. Stafelidis hasn't played a game for his club since January 18th. Since that time, he has only played one game, And that was for the Greek national team where he got injured within the first 10 minutes, I believe it was. He's going to be a part of the national team and possibly a captain.
3: Michael, what do you feel about this? Get out of the team. Get out of the team. I'm going to start a petition if he is called up. I'm not joking. I'm going to start a petition if Staffelidis is called up. He doesn't belong anywhere, this team. You you want someone that's error-prone, injury-prone as your captain? You must be kidding me. We've gone from Karagunis to Stafelidis and Bacasetas. That is that shows you the not downfall great. of this team. That shows you the downfall of this team, especially in leadership. Karagunis, he, you know, towards the end of his career. As you know, when you get when you when you age as a footballer, you, you're not going to get much first team football. But you are there for the experience to help other young players, you know, pro- progress in their career. Karagunis was there to help the ethnic e. Gritty, passionate. That's what we need. I don't see that with Stafelidis, nor do I see that with Bakasetas. The, for me, the captain is Zeka. Zeka. He may he may not be Greek origin, but he shows in the team that he does care enough. And especially with his partnership with Gubelis, who is not the greatest. They're two defensive-minded players. But Gubelis and Zeka, they communicate so great. You, they know what to do. They've got teammates before at Panathinaikos. Zeka is... I think he's the oldest in the team. What was he, 32? Come on, this guy cares about the team. He also cares about Greece. Do I see any leadership skills in Bakasetas? No, I don't. He stated that we should get 12 points from Georgia and Kosovo. What did he say about Sweden and Spain? He should be, he should be saying the same. We should be going for all the wins. Try and win every game. Bakasetas should be saying that. Not say, oh, we should go and get wins against Kosovo and Georgia so we can have a real chance. I get that. But say that we need to put in the effort every game. Stafelidis says that we can do it against Spain. Not when you're in the team, mate. Not when you're in the team. <laughs> Forget about it. Forget about it. Especially if you're going to pa- partner Tavelas. Oh, my days.
2: Lambro. Lambro, <laughs> you're up. Honestly. What do you got about Staffelidis?
1: Oh, my God. That... Paragunis, did you have to bring up the comparison? Honestly, it was so funny when he like came out with this statement. I didn't realize he hasn't played a game like in over a year now, but I'm going to put my Oracle glasses on. He's going to Pauk this January. I just have a gut feeling he's going to Pauk, and he's going to become the star in northern Greece, Salonica. They're going to love long-lost son back. I have a gut feeling that Janulis may be sold, stop this back. And people wonder saying, why... not saying I have sources. And Nnamar wonders sources.
0: why people think we're Pauk fans. <laughs> I have sources.
1: I have sources. As a lot of the kids say, it is known, <laughs> especially with my Mitroglu track record. My <laughs> ear is on the ground. Is that what they say? Ear is on the ground in the door. I don't know. But I have a gut feeling he's going to start playing for Pauk and he's going to be ready to go for the national team. He's going to be roaring to go those midweek games against La Mia, like, when you play quality like La Mia, Spain is nothing, you know? You know what I mean? When, like, you're playing on that La Mia pitch, you go out to Santiago Bernabeu in Spain, and you're like, (laughs) I've just seen it all. I've seen the big lights of La Mia. I've seen the... The tractor lights and the La Mia. Like, <laughs> the, the
0: dump truck's are... headlights trying to put <laughs> seen... light on the stadium.
1: <laughs> exactly. I've seen the dump truck lights. Like, Bernabeu, no problem. Come on now. It's that. and Savelas, too. My God. They're like, they're like what, what is it saying? Like, peas in the pod. They're like two clowns in the clown car. Dumb I would dumber. describe it. Yeah. Like, my God. You, I remember Olivia Ghost had a player. I'm, God reaching the references, Romau, Alexi Romau, and I used to always joke, this guy should be an MMA fighter, <laughs> he's, like, so good at starting fights, and, like, hitting people, and, like, oh, big chess, like, I'll fight you, like, him and Savelas would be such good MMA fighters, just, like, oh, I love a fight, but honestly, it was shocking when the statements come out, and the more embarrassing thing was, I guess, like, national team captains and coaches vote for, like, player of the year, Baca Setas, like, who did he vote for for, like, player of the year? I think
3: Lewandowski.
1: Lewandowski, but just such a clown show.
3: As for White Eyes and La Mia, Karamanos will um, give Staphylidis a, a good contest. You remember him? Excellent guy player at La Mia. Yep. He's doing fantastic there. <laughs> He'll give Staphylidis <laughs> a great contest. Aerial jewels, Staphylidis' limbs will break off. You'll do great there. Don't worry. <laughs>
1: that that Kosovo pitch is not forgiving. I remember like, he went down like once, and it was like, call the ambulance. Stop <laughs> me leaving, coming back. Like, like med evac to Salonika. Like like one slip, and it was like every single bone in this body has broken. Like what? Like this is first like fifteen minutes of playing. All right. I well, we. <laughs>
0: We uh let's let's move on. We've got some other fan questions to get to. We have one on Instagram from Petros B. Uh, thank you very much for asking. My Greek name is Petros, if I if I want to pretend that I'm Greek, so always nice to see that. The question is, and I'm quoting, uh, comment about the fact that European football, either Champions League or Europa League, continue to have a biased decision when we play against larger well-known opponents, that being Olympiakos. The last game with Porto conceded a penalty in less than 10 minutes. That was questionable. Conceded two penalties against Marseille. There was the Wolves game when Mari Kamara scored a goal and then it was called sides, and there was some controversy as to that. What do we think? Maybe maybe Lombro gets started. What do we think about the officiating? Do we think that there's corruption? Do you think that they have an agenda against Greek teams?
1: No, I, honestly, I don't really think so. I just think it's such a... Olympiakos doesn't get the best calls and the best refs, and maybe that's reputation-wise. But really, I think European matches are so close that it goes one way or another with us. Like, does that make sense? Like, this is almost like I'm not gonna rant about this. It's more like it's almost a flip of the coin, and if you get lucky or if you're doing mm-hmm. well and you get the chance or you don't. I don't think it's rigged per se, but it's more just like. The games are on a knife edge is like the saying they're so close, like one decision changes it and then you're done. And so it can feel like you're getting screwed by that one decision. But it's like, that's just how European matches are. They're so close. And really, we don't see close matches in Greece a lot. Like we just won 5-1 only on the derby. So we're not used to it as much. But that's really just how it is.
0: Yeah, I, I actually don't disagree, to be honest with you. We said sort of at, after the Marseille game, maybe something was going on. But I think on a large scale, uh, it's it's generally not there. With Kamara's goal, I think he was offside, but it was just by a shade. And it was sort of just like a VAR issue of like, is VAR sort of allowed to overturn that? But I don't like to talk about officiating
1: personally. Do we want to talk about officiating from the Pout game today? Let's do it. The first goal could have been an offside. And Villarinha fouled I tore in the box. It should have been a penalty. So if the people came for referee talk, <laughs> that's what they deserve. After Pauk were complaining, we're going to leave the league. Mark Clattenburg is in the pocket. Now there's nothing. Where's the, where's, the, where's the announcement after the game from Pauk? Like, we're going to leave the league because Mark Klattenberg is on the bench of Nottingham Forest. You clowns. Look what happened today. Like, what what's his name was like offside it looks like and also I tour got destroyed by Vieri in the box no penalty i hate Pauk. god always complaining and then when it happens to them nothing absolute crickets they play terrible football i can't wait 3 weeks we're going to destroy them anyway just on the referees real quick yeah.
3: if Guriasu was around he'd sue all of them <laughs> the is <laughs> so them. Big. <laughs>
1: And you know what? He, he would file the lawsuit in the Greek justice system. Gourias <laughs> <laughs> actually, uh, it, it's a European competition. He's like, oh, I don't know European law. Just we're going to court in Greece. <laughs> <laughs>
3: a and Gourias continues to say, we're still going to make Europe. And if we do make Europe and we lose 10-0, he's going to sue the referees. The season's
0: not you. over yet, Michael. <laughs>
3: Top six is still in reach. We're
0: still halfway. Anything, as they say, anything that happens in the first half, the opposite can happen in the second half. Europe is a possibility. Big signings coming to Larissa. Mitro spurns us for Larissa. Steal Jack
2: Wilshire from Pauk. Oh, Oh my God. God, That was hilarious. Did you guys see that?
1: He's going to come in on his wheelchair next to (laughs) Villarinha. They're going to be like flapping high fives on the crutches wheelchair. (laughs) What a masterclass of a team.
0: Jack Wilshire, like, Smoking cigs in the locker room before the game. It's like a perfect fit for Greece. <laughs> um, we got another question uh, from 8 Relos on Instagram. Uh, three dos but with an eight instead of a theta. Uh, he asked us to comment about four things. The first thing being VAR. We sort of touched on officiating. The condition of the pitches in Greece, which we also briefly touched on. Epo's toying around of the cup dates. We still don't really know what the deal is with the Greek cup. And then, and also the final uh, last year as well was a mess. And then the hot and cold nature of El Rabi. Lambro, you, you go ahead and just take one and, and uh, give us a little minute-long spiel on it.
1: I don't know. Like, VAR is tough, you know. I I don't know what the best way to do it. I'm going to be honest, and I mentioned this last week, the deal with Klattenberg coming on every week and talking about it, I think other leagues should do that as well. Like, the Premier League should have a head ref who comes on every week and they analyze the controversial calls. I really enjoy that from him. But yeah, the VAR could be done better. I d- the offside issue is just terrible. I don't know how they're going to figure out that, you know, the goal that we didn't get against Yanina was like such a disgrace. And then conditions of the field we've talked about, you know, it's just I want to complain, but like I've been here and it's been raining a ton. Even the streets are flooded, like the pitches are going to be just as bad. If we're being real honest, like take a step back. The infrastructure in this country is really bad. Like <laughs> it needs an overhaul by itself. So like I think football pitches are on the last thing to do. Ipo sucks, and there's nothing to say. LRA be hot and cold. This is why the prophet has spoken, and we need the second killer. Me throw glue back when it's cold. He's there to pick it up. That's that's all I got.
0: So I just want to briefly say about Al Rabi. I don't necessarily think he's been too hot and cold. I mean, he definitely has been in worse form than last year, but I don't think he's been fluctuating that much. I think what we're just seeing is we play Atromitos one week and then we go play Manchester City the next week. Of course, he's going to go from scoring a hat trick to not doing anything. He's definitely been worse than last year, and that might be some other factors contributing as well. We're playing more fixtures. He's had injuries and coronavirus to deal with. He's older. He has less service than last year. He's not got as good players in the team with him. You know, it's a lot of things. And he's starting to get more back to his form in Greece. I'm not really too worried about El Arabi. I don't think we need to bring in Mitroglu, if anything, just a younger striker to maybe give him some challenge, especially if Hassan can't get better. But El Arabi, I'm not too worried about. The pitches we've talked about and, and, yeah, VAR, EPO, all of these things. But, Michael, do you have anything to add about any of those uh, topics?
3: Uh, just regarding the pitches, can I, it's something about ILC Arena with with Gourias. Ever since he took over, no maintenance was done on the pitch for four years. Until Charisteas made a public uh, comment regarding the stadium that it's the worst he's ever seen, and and there was actually outcry as well from other from other people as well that it's the worst pitch in Greece. And if you think um, the Olympic Stadium was worse. I, I actually think uh, ILFC in Arena was the worst. You cannot neglect a pitch for four years, especially if you're in the top flight. That is owner's responsibility, also groundskeeper's responsibility. But who knows what was going on between the owner and the groundskeeper. So, you know, you can't really speculate much. But for me, with Goody, I see he doesn't really care. He's just he's just power hungry. That's the way I see him. As for the Greek Cup, well, I'm not, nothing to be ashamed about, guys. The Scottish Cup just ended. Celtic won the cup. Ours was held in September. Theirs was just held now. The yeah. Celtic beat hearts on penalties. So, nothing to be ashamed about. Um, but still, the way it was, you know, you know, the way it was being run by, you know, scheduling it at Rizupoli. That should have been taken no matter what. It doesn't matter about the circumstances. Get the season over and done with. And you just dragged on the issue for absolutely no reason, along with the restructuring as well. What was that about? What was that about? And the Super League didn't even start. And it still hasn't started as well, the Super League 2. and It's about to start, I think, in February next year or January. It it is shocking. It is shocking that Super League 2 and also the Football League that has not started. It's got nothing to do with the coronavirus. It's got to do with the government. They can handle the protocols, health measures, and everything, these clubs. However, they are financially stricken, all of them. They're not all, you know, financially stable. They need money. That's why Orfi offered a portion of money to these clubs to help them. And also the ethnic gear, when they well, they played against Cyprus to show solidarity with the clubs and also the players who are down that level, they deserve better. And that's all because of the government dragging this issue for too long. EPO, um, I've got recent news on that. I've heard Zagorakis is a candidate for the president to take wow. over Gramenos. Yeah, so Gramenos to be out, that would be the day for me. Gramenos is the worst epic president in his history. It I has agree. Said. He's yeah. awful.
2: He's absolutely awful. And then when it comes to like Oaka, the deputy minister of sport, need I remind you guys, he was almost relieved of duty when the issues were going on with Xanthi and the dual ownership. He was almost relieved of duty for... For what he was doing, he's actually in charge of Awaka. Bonathinaikos, whoever uses that field, they pay for the upkeep of it. But it's his job to make sure it's upkept. When they initially postponed the Greek Cup date, six weeks they had, six weeks they had to do something with the field, and they did nothing, nothing and it was done. moving it back no. to Rezubi.
3: That is disgusting, and it is... Honestly, it's insulting. It ended up at Volos, and who would have expected that? Just let the game continue. That's all we want as all football fans. Doesn't matter where it's held. No need to be all special about it. It was it was a pandemic played at a stadium. Who cares? Get it over and done with.
1: I have a quick comment about Zagorakis. So maybe people would like that he's a national hero for 2004. But Olympiacos fans will not let that man get anywhere near that position. I don't know if you remember during the, in January, with the Xanthi issue, he literally, like, stepped out of line with the government, and he he was like, if Pauk is relegated, like, I can't be a member of New Democracy, the party of Mitsotakis, and he was just, like, very protective of Pauk, blah, blah, blah. He was, of course, the president of Pauk, right, for a while. Like, we are Libyakos, but, like, imagining, like, Gavros, Fos, these sites, like, If Zagorakis or even a ex pauk player was, like, the president of the football federation, nah, man, that's never happening. Like, his name be thrown out, but Olympiakos would riot. It's not happening.
0: Got a couple more quick questions from folks. Uh, Some interesting information dropped about a potential UEFA European Super League. This is something that's been talked about a lot, but we haven't seen it in its true form. Uh, A little infographic came out today displaying the teams that would be in. It would be a 20-team league, if I'm not mistaken, and the teams would be selected based on the five-year moving average of the club coefficients. So similar to the way that the countries are ranked when we talk about the national coefficient, but this time just for the clubs. As you would expect, you know, six Premier League teams, most teams from the top five leagues, a couple Ukrainian teams are in, I think a Russian team and maybe Porto, are in no greek teams obviously um olympiakos missing out and then none of the other teams are close a lot of a reaction from the community on social media about this what do you guys think about the potential of a european super league
1: uh, i'm not um... interested to be honest but i don't know michael you have deeper thoughts i'm just like i've seen this stuff turn around all the time i just have no appetite
3: really you know me as a liverpool fan and Along with many other Liverpool fans, even Arsenal, whoever's in that top twenty, they all disagree with this super league that they're trying to make. You know, it downgrades all these you know small clubs who have strong ambitions to make Europe one day. For example, one small club from Ukraine came up against Artis, and they they are eight years old. Gorlos Kovalyfka they knocked Artis out of the qualifiers of the Europa League. So this this club has strong ambition. Good on them. Hope they, you know, continue to make big things in Ukraine. But for this Super League, European Super League, whatever they're trying to make, this is not basketball. You know, with Panathinaikos and Olympiakos playing in the Euro League, I think what is it? Yeah, it's that's what they're trying to yeah. do. That that's the concept yep. that they're trying to they're trying to do, and it's not going to work for football. It's not when you have Champions League, Europa League, and the Conference League coming up. How's the super, How's this European Super League going to work? Just, just about another it. money Move stream on.
0: for UEFA. Honestly, the way I see it, I totally agree with you. I think it's dumb. I hope. I really hope they don't do it. The way things are set up right now is perfectly fine. It's perfectly fine. Yeah. One more thing. Uh, we had Costa, our good friend at Olympiacos EU, and his entire tweet I think was just four three three, or maybe the full tweet was done with four three three. Of course, with respect to Olympiacos. I'm just going to have my quick thoughts on this. I agree. It's stupid. Let's all remember that we only ever went to a 4-3-3 because Costas Fortunis got hurt. Before then, it was the 4-2-3-1. Now Costas Fortunis is back. It's a 4-2-3-1, maybe a 4-4-2 that sort of morphs into a 4-2-2-2 or something like that if we want Sudanian four-three-three 4-3-3 for me, it's not it. Fortunis is back. Even Valbuena can play as the 10. We even have Thiago Silva. So I agree. I'm done with 4-3-3.
1: Yeah, I agree. Done with four three three, with Mitroglu coming back now. We have to go two strikers to kind of help. <laughs> Can't even keep the straight. You, you've killed it. You've <laughs> killed the joke. He, we have to be ready for him and Kuipers building off each other with when <laughs> roaming around. I think four four two is the best option, you know. And maybe he scores a ton of goals and he's like a really good player, but he's not so mobile anymore, Mitroglu, So we kind of need that four four two to help him out and. That's what I'm looking for. The 4 is just... The thing is, last year, the personnel was perfect. Like, Guillerme, Maddie, and Buhalakis, that midfield was perfect. And Valbuena kind of floating. And then Masuras is the winger. El Arabi, in form. Class fullbacks. It was perfect. The thing is, like, the personnel this year just doesn't do it. It doesn't do it. So, definitely 4 from here on out. And then 4
0: Here's my idea for Mitchell Glue what if we had a little drone flying above the pitch and it had, like, a little protein bar hanging down from it and we just flew the drone around and then Mitchell Glue just chases the protein bar and, like, we, we use that to, like, get him to run really fast and we can, like, have someone controlling the drone so that it perfectly times his run and then, like, he'll be chasing the protein bar and then the ball will just fall at his feet and he'll score it. How's that? A
1: disrespect for this man. I am literally going to buy his jersey, like... I will. I will not stand this disrespect. Like the club is like, we'll bring in Matroglou, so like idiots will buy his jersey. Those idiots are y- me. You're idiots. I am buying this jersey. <laughs> you're you idiots. Congratulations, damn right, this club. Like you're idiots. Everyone wants to Landro supporting
0: this clown business. Adi, it's time for you to give a rant. You've you've been relatively rantless throughout the day. We got you a little bit with Ippo, but. I think it's time we get a rant from you, sort of as the podcast comes to a close.
2: Well, this is a rant that's available for rebuttal. You know, I know Lombro might have strong feelings. Oh, it's about coming. It. Maybe, it is coming. Maybe it's coming. Maybe Michael as well. So today, for some reason, uh, there was the discussion about the investment with Mighty Nike, and a lot of our listeners were very upset with Mighty Nike and the lack of investment. And worrying in the worry, the anxiety that we're not gonna bring any big BAMs in, besides Mitroglu, of course. The worry is that he's not gonna invest and we're gonna screw the pooch when Europa League comes along. So, what I wanted to rant about is just the severe lack of understanding of general business. Everybody needs to remember okay, Marinaki isn't Gokali, he's not gonna bring in pay 10 million euros. players, or even in some cases, 7 million or 8 million players, except for Angles, Bjorn Angles, which ended up turning out to be not really a disaster, but let's just say not what we wanted. We build from the ground up. Madi Nikes has built a sustainable business model for this club, okay? And before anybody says he doesn't spend anything, we have been averaging pre-COVID over 20 million euros a season in terms of our transfers 20 million euros a season average average transfers okay this season we didn't spend much covid hurt everybody's finances we are still paying for stadium upkeep guys we still pay and albiakos is still pl- paying all of those employees there's no there's nothing going on in the stadiums there's no fans nothing but we still pay almost every single one of the people working there now you have no stadium revenue We had the European revenue, just over 40 million euros that came in. The salaries we're paying our players are over 20 million per season. We still have upkeep. We still have licenses to pay. We only got 11 million euros from the Nova Sport license this year. We sold a couple of players. We sold Simicas. We sold Podenza. Where's the money coming? We already took out extra liabilities, more loans, so that we could cover some player expenditures. Where's the extra money going to come from? nowhere it doesn't grow on trees we are healthy we are so what lucky right news? now god, this what, is not what, fake god. news. we are so god. lucky we're in the healthy condition we are in because god forbid we're like one of those french clubs leveraged with nine figures of debt with nine figures of debt five years ago we are lucky to be where we are now i'm not saying that some of the choices that were made the the refusal to pay the extra 500000 for Rice, the inability for us to go get, to get Zaidu. No, those were poor front office decisions. Maybe they were being cheap, what have you. But all I'm saying is the business model we are running with right now is sustainable for the future of this club. Gokali put this club in major debt. You want to spend big money? You can get a 10 million euro flop just like Diogo. Does anybody want that? Absolutely not. When Marinaki bought this club in 2010, we had eight figures of debt that had to be cleared. Marinaki dumped 50 million euro into the club. Two years later, another 50 million. Cleared our debts, built the academies, and built a sustainable business model for the club to go even when he is finished being president. That is my rant.
1: I want a BAM, though. I want a BAM. I want to go to the airport. What What BAM do you want? Who? I, I want all but. of the BAMs. You know, I'm sick and tired. Like, me, along with like most Olympiacos fans who are just like, don't know the finances, want BAMs, want big signings. And you know what? Debt? is a billionaire. Like, let this man go into debt. I don't care. Like, this man is a billionaire. Like, let him spend 10 million of what his own
2: cash mean? so we can- but Anthony had four billionaire owners. They had four billionaire I owners. I got banned from European football for five years. Do you want I, that? Yeah, that means nothing. You can't. I, it's just, not Just put the money into the club. I don't
1: know how it works. Just, just, just.
2: just
1: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you, wash it. You can't. Just, just wash the money. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> what the plan is here. Podense, we got like 20 million for So we should spend twenty million on a striker for fun. Why not? We didn't Uh,
2: you know we don't get paid that money all up front, right? The 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 payment for Podenza is coming over the course of three years.
1: Yeah. So perfect time for us or
2: sorry, two years. It's twenty four months. We're getting paid in six installments
1: Uh, for
0: him. Number, you've know, played I'm,
1: football manager before. I'm surprised you don't know more
2: I, about this I stuff. I know,
1: but, like, I'm an epic football manager. God, I don't sign Jose Jolebas and, like, Ruben Vinagres of the world other in the Champions <laughs> League after, like, 10 years. <laughs> like, I'm fantastic at that game. Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> well, listen. Olympiacos is the biggest club in Europe after I'm done with that club. Like, they built statues out of me outside of Kaiskaki. They're the stadium. <laughs> No, but but seriously no god okay I'm not like a moron who's like 20 million dollar striker I promise I'm not that bad but like I do want to see some money spent like instead of like freaking Rafinha in his short shorts like jumping in a lake Rafinha like 5 million can we spend 5 million on a right back 5 million on a left back I don't know like we spent Rafinha. 7 million for
2: the whole window you want to spend yeah, almost we- double that for one player when we don't have the money to support it Yes just wash the money. What did I say? Wash the money. Just,
1: that's that's what they say. Like, wash the money. Just put it in the washing dryer, whatever. I don't know.
2: Michael, give us the third party. Give us a third party look.
3: Oh, Don't be an idiot on Twitter. That's all I have <laughs> to say. <'cause laughs> I saw... I'm, I'm not kidding. I've seen a Twitter account. Its username is Maranakis out. And he's a Horse fan. You're like, what, what is going on?
1: <laughs> okay, I'm not that far. Like... I just just want a little more. Like, I just want to go to the airport. I just want to go to the airport for no reason. Like, I don't have a... It's more than six kilometers away. What did we say? Just (laughs) non-coronavirus. I'm happy with the club, but, like, I see the disappointment. Like, I think some fans, like, just, like, especially after last season. Last season was so great. People are just like, Oh no, you know that like one meme where it's like, "Oh no, we suck again." Like 2017, 2018, like that is the fear, you know. Like Mayanakis may have built a stable model, but like the dark days and like Paolo Bento are not that far away. Besnikasi, like
2: we don't forget, oh, like that's they say. So that's so dramatic. We're we're undefeated this season. We're undefeated. Yeah, but the football sucks. Season. The it football was sucks. Poor, it has to be poor, said. Okay. Football champions.
0: was nice today against Larissa. Okay, I mean, against Lisa, they're not very no, good, no, but it was Michael, nice.
1: No offense, against Larissa. like the moment we play a team with, like any bit of quality, the football is just like freaking Sam Allardyce is like, I love this game, like he loves what he's <laughs> seen. But, like the rest of us are just like, God damn! Take terrible. that
2: back, Yanakopoulos will be so mad at you if I'm you heard Yanakopoulos.
1: But like, big Sam got a big job at West Brom. <laughs> good luck to them staying up anyway their football is going to be enjoyable but no like it's funny because Adi is like the negative 0.001 percent of Olympiakos fans that are like hey guys let's be logical like the money is not always like we have to be safe like everyone else is like god damn it we want to spend 40 million on Mo Salah where is he like (laughs) Memphis the pie available anyone anyone I,
0: Leon, he's going well, for
3: five million. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Five million euros. That's crazy.
0: That's the thing. French clubs in debt. Memphis Depay available for five million euros. Bring him in. Lambro would literally like run to the airport and risk getting arrested and fined to see
2: Memphis would, Depay arrive I, in Athens. I, he's going to pick up Bruno, Semedo, and maybe Lazar on the way. <laughs> oh, God. I, I know,
1: you know, I would pretend to be their like limo driver to the party. Like, we just arrive at the airport and I'm just like, Here's your ticket to Braga. Here's your ticket to uh, Lisbon. Good luck, Lazar. Uh, here's a ticket to Siberia. Good luck, everyone. <laughs> just like, And that's it. Like, oh. All right. Well,
0: that about wraps up our episode for today, folks. I had a lot of fun with this one. I hope you enjoyed listening.
3: Uh, Michael, any final thoughts before we wrap? Well, if, it, if it's regarding owners in general, it's just, you know, some owners don't really care when they take over a club. They don't really set their standards, they set their own rules, what their goal is, what their ambition is. It's for example, you can use my club for an example. We are we are a perfect example of mismanagement, especially with Gurias. And especially with Kavala as well, if you remember what was that the last, a decade ago when that um Somigas remember him Somiades? I think he was um the owner of Kavala and Australian international Craig Moore actually spoke about him about his time in Greece, how how life was, how the club was running. Also, we've actually interviewed Chris Galanzis, Panathinaikos Olympiacos player back in the day, Greek-Australian. He's told us the difference between how Panathinaikos manages youth, how Olympiakos is thrive for success. You know, clubs have their own ambition. But I think, for me personally, focus on the youth more. And if you want to make a profit for your club... The youth are there for profit. IL, we've had a tradition since ever since our foundation, only that to be ruined from the last decade. Our youth have been nowhere, have been absolutely nowhere with all these foreign players coming in. And it's not just IL, it's all the other clubs as well. They come in and all these youth players, they don't get an opportunity to kickstart their careers. And I feel sorry for them. For some cases, you can find them in the fourth division or somewhere in the local leagues of Patra or something. You don't want to see that. These young players, they deserve a chance. And if you want to make money, focus on youth talent. Forget, set a quota for the club, a foreign quota. Maybe Epo can come up with an idea of a squad cap. I'd say the maximum of at least seven players. And one example I'll use, and it's not in Greece... Gornik Zaberzi, that's where Stefanos Evangelou and Giannis Massoudas Gianni are playing. They're the, only, they're the only two foreigners in that team. The rest are Polish. And look how they're performing in the Polish league. We need some standard like that in Greece. We've had too many foreigners, especially the last decade, and clubs are losing money, especially with economic crisis. That should have helped us, um, with, especially with the youth talent. You don't bring in these foreign talents. That's just my final thoughts. These owners really don't care. They don't set their own ambitions. Well, that's a nice final rant to end on. I do want to
0: then say thank you very much for listening. We hope you enjoyed, especially if you made it this far. We will be back with Apostolos on Thursday, Christmas Eve, to talk about the Greek youth. So that's actually kind of a nice segue there. And until then, we've got a massive, massive fixture for the bottom of the league, Varisadamia, Big relegation battle coming up in the midweek. That's the only Greek game for the next two weeks. So got some good quality to, uh, to feast your eyes on for the holiday season. Can't wait for that one. Michael, I'm sure you'll be uh, sitting at the edge of your seat for that game. And um, until then, make sure to keep up the LS Football Podcast, which features Michael and many of our other good friends and special guests where they give a much broader view on Greek football as a whole. And we will see you very soon.